welcome to another NY Just Fans podcast with hosts David Sharman and Chris. Uh, please make sure y'all follow us on Twitter at Just Fans Podcast and also search for groups on Facebook at NY Just Fans. Again, search for the group and search for NY Just Fans. Um, as we get into another crazy week, uh, last night, breaking news, uh, Demarcus Lawrence has signed back, uh, resigned with the Cowboys. Uh, five years, $105 million, $65 million guaranteed. Is that the right move on the uh, Cowboys? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The guy's a, a proven yep. pass rusher, man. You got to gotta resign that guy. So I'm, I'm okay with that one for about $20 million. That's That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, uh, five years, 65 mil guaranteed. Yeah, that sounds about right, man. Uh, uh, Apparently, he's going to get the most money given to a defensive player uh, uh, just just a little bit more than Khalil Max uh, signed over uh, the contract Khalil Max signed. So, uh, oh, just a little. Added. So he's going to be a little bit more. He's going to make in the first year anyway. Yeah, yeah. the first year. Yeah, because they, they basically, you know, just to entice him to sign the contract, I guess they kind of front loaded the contract. The first year he's going to make. The most money given to a defensive player. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, um, so yeah, a little bit over 31 mil, I think. Uh, that's what it's going to be. Listen, man, uh, 20, he's going to be 27 years old. He's, like, combined in the last two years, uh, 122 tackles, 29 for a loss, uh, 24 and a half sacks in the last two years, man. Come on, you know. You know, if you if you have that kind of dis- disruption in your in your team, man, you don't you don't you know you don't give you don't give that up. You know, I think I think they did the right thing. Yeah, um, and he's going to be 27 at the end of the month, so he's right in his yeah. prime. So it makes total sense to, to sign him to a long term, yeah, five year, whatever it is, four year. Yeah, five five, five years is on yeah, five years is on point. You yeah. know, after you know he'll be 30, 31, close to 32. Money so um too. yeah he got his deal uh which is the average which is really the average of twenty million which he asks for so um it, it, I think it all works out for both of them and you know I guess when when Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott hit that free agent market um it shouldn't be a big concern you know due to this contract mm-hmm. so, yeah they yeah they'll figure they'll figure a way around uh to pay to pay those guys when the time comes I mean. You know, this was an easy uh, one, I think, for the Cowboys. Yeah, this was easy for that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the 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 questions about signing him or not signing him was kind of, you know, because it wasn't happening on certain people's time <laughs> limit or whatever was. Yeah, nah, you got. It's ridiculous, you, you know. Do you, you know, like this. yeah, you gotta sign those guys, especially in a quarterback where in a league where uh, everybody wants to drop back all game and throw the ball. You yeah. better have that dude that's a pass rush specialist. Yeah, exactly. As we uh, move on to uh, Russell Wilson, he basically is saying gave he gave the Seattle Seahawks a deadline to um, basically, I guess, resign him back. Basically, sign him to a new contract uh, for April fifteenth. Not you know, not just that he's not going to hold out on this contract. So, what's the what's that? What's the situation with that? And um, do y'all feel he he's going to get the deal that he deserves with? with this team basically for me since i'm the uh, russell wilson apologist on this podcast <laughs> davin <laughs> davin says that's what i am 
I I think that um, there's no issue with him giving a deadline. I think I think he wants uh, to as a as a leader of the team. He he just wants it to be done with. He want, uh, he doesn't want to go into the um, um, into the league year, you know, kind of still negotiating this contract. You know, he wants to put his all into his team, which is understandable. Um, um, it's gonna be a little bit of an issue making a con- uh, such a large contract for a quarterback with only 12 mil in cap space. I think that's about what they have. Yeah. Um, they're gonna they're gonna figure a way around it. Basically, it's just gonna take time. It's gonna take time. It's not like like we just said about the Cowboys signing. I think the Cowboys had a little bit less uh, um, sp- um, contract cap cap on uh, cap space too. So it always takes time to work out these deals around the cap. So uh, especially when you don't have that much cap space. So they'll figure it out. It's just going to take a little time. It might not even happen with on the on, on the de- on his deadline because because like I said, it's going to be a little complicated. But eventually, it will happen. Um, I I think Seattle's crazy not to sign him. Uh... You know, because he's been such a great quarterback for them for six, seven years now. Uh, he's yep. been to a couple of Super Bowls. He should have two Super Bowl victories. Um, True. But um, I think what Seattle's probably thinking, if it's going to be a long-term deal, the guy's going to be 31 in the middle of this season. So that's got to be something they're thinking about because he is not the most running quarterback, you know, not like a Michael Vick or a Randall Cunningham, but he does scramble a lot. And at 31, you know, that's definitely going to – he's definitely – the, the age is definitely going to affect that, you know, so he's going to lose half a step here, a step here as he's getting older. So now he's going to become more of a drop back passer. Now you take away the running ability from him. Is he the same quarterback as he has, as he is now? Obviously not. So that's something that I'm mm. sure that's got to be on their mind. And plus, I will. I... Right. Go ahead. I from listen basic basically I think I think that's kind of a a, 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 a kind of a, I I don't I know you didn't mean it as a slight, no, but no, if no. but 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 um but Russell Wilson right has the second highest career passing passer rating in the NFL history man oh, that's I'm not, not yeah, the fact not, the uh... fact that he runs the fact that he runs and no I understand what you're trying to say but 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 a lot of people say this like and they forget. He is a drop back passer. The reason why he never gets injured when he runs is because he runs as a last resort. He always runs as a last resort. He's not one of those like Cam Newton that runs, you know, as a like you know to, a he also runs to extend plays. Right. So he as does he that older, too. It's gonna be a little tougher for him. I'm not saying it's gonna be totally non existent as he gets older, but true. It's definitely part gonna, of, you know, it, it's definitely part gonna of affect the, his game. That's all. I agree. I agree to a point, but part of the reason why he his game has developed the way it is is because Seattle has failed miserably at putting a good offensive line in front of Russell Wilson. Seattle's offensive line has been legendarily bad for having such a great quarterback, and part of the reason why he has he has he has crumbled so much is not because he wants to; is because his the the offensive line has been so bad in front of him. Most of the time, he has to get away like that, you know. But dropping back as a passer, he's awesome. Given the time in the pocket, he'll pick you apart, you know. I think, I think, I think, I think the fact, I think he's going to, I think 
he's not his game is not going to fall apart just because he doesn't have his legs. I think even if he missed lost lost a step or not, I think he's still a very one of the most dangerous quarterbacks in the league. Hey, I'm I'm not I'm not doubting that at all, but he is going to be a little bit different quarterback. And if you do sign him to that and just what you're saying, if he does lose a step, half a step here and there in the next few years, you're talking about they have one of the worst or not one of the worst, but a bad offensive line. That means they're going to have to invest a lot of money into those offense, into that offensive line to keep him protected, so he doesn't have to scramble as much. So you got to think Agreed. of it that way too, right? So yeah, there's, I there's agree a lot with of that part. Going on here, so that's yes. just all I'm saying. Uh, basically, I'm gonna leave my short and simple. I'm not even gonna go too too hard. Um. With him, with him, with him being thirty years old, we we get it. Tom Brady, uh, I'm 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 gonna put it out, put it out right now. Tom Brady and uh, a couple other quarterbacks willing to renegotiate to keep they keep they number low, like Kalia Mack. He, you know, he did that. My my thing is that they're gonna take it a year at a time. Um, I don't I, I don't think a, a, a deal is not gonna happen um, right away. It might happen, but it might not be now. Um, if if they don't do it, then Fran, it's a franchise tag option, which is thirty three million for the first year, um, thirty seven for the second, and fifty mil for the third. If I'm correct, um, I I think they're just gonna take it a year at a time. Um, Charmin already know how I feel uh, <laughs> about it. I'm not I'm not gonna go too hard. I'm gonna leave mine plain, plain and simple for him. I could no, I could see them doing exactly what you're saying, taking it one year at a time, because they could do the franchise tag but why would you play russian roulette with no, no. your franchise qb that's well, my question well my well my answer basically was was that plank was was what chris what what chris was saying but but my thing is yes yes he's he's still he's still you know on top of his game but as you get older you know sometimes you do you like you wanted you want that deal to happen which i think a deal like i said i did not disagree about a deal not happening, the deal is going to happen, but it might take one season for it to happen. Um, the reason why I say it might take one season for it to happen is because, just like you said, they got to go around the numbers. They don't have much cap space. Um, yes, they do. Yes, it's a ten percent increase. <laughs> um, you, you know, after this season, but at the same time, um, Russell Wilson probably going to want at least thirty million, at least. Oh, at least thirty that. million, yeah. maybe more than that. You know, to something, something like something like Andrew Luck, Matt Ryan, maybe more than that. You know, he wanted, he wanted to be, he wanted to be paid. And and of course, yeah, yes, he deserves to get paid. But at the same time, they gotta, they gotta, they gotta try to work around. They gotta try to work around it. So I don't see a deal happening. It's too, it's too basically right now. It's too early. Anything is possible to happen in a one week time, but it's too early for that to happen. Well, here's, here's a couple of things to think about. If they do a one year at a time, they could put the franchise tag on them this year. It, uh, that's what that, year. Exactly. Right. And that's what I was saying, off. Chris. They, they're going to put at least one franchise tag on them just to get a deal done. Right. So I can see them doing that. And now, just going back to the cap space, you were right, $12 million for this year. But going into next year, okay, uh, next year's cap space right now is only at uh, where they got cap space. They have like eighty-four million of cap space for next year. Exactly. That so that's his contract, obviously, and, and other players. But 
So, yeah, but still, like, they could be able to make a deal where right, they could year. he could be happy and they could sign them. They could be able to sign a couple of players to to build their team because they, you know, they nobody didn't expect them to be in the playoffs last season. Like, let's be really honest, because right. they got rid of a lot of players and they got a lot of young players, but they was able to go do go against the Cowboys in the first round. You know, so I'm not sitting here knocking, knocking them down. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that they, the deal is not going to happen right away. It's going to happen probably after this season. Yeah, I can, okay. I can see that too. I, I'm not, I, I can't, I can't say, I can't say I am or not. My opinion of the situation is I just do not understand why it would take a team that long to ne- ne- renegotiate a, a, a contract with their leader. On, on a football that. team, and 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 that's my only issue with the whole thing, right. you know. And and for and 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 it just doesn't make any sense. And then and for me, um, that's what they're doing. They're practically playing re- Russian roulette with 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 the leader of their team. We wow. as Jets fans, we as Jets fans know how hard it is to get a QB, even if he's thirty years old. The the talent that he is. He, you can't lose that guy. You can't lose him now. You can't lose him next year. You can't lose him the year after because when you do, you're not gonna get another Russell Wilson. So, so you have to do whatever it takes to keep him in house. You know, well, even if it's for the next five years, you sign well, a five year deal. Even if you give him a five year deal, whatever it takes, you gotta do it. I'm just well, kind of, well, you know, we just seen Russell Roulette just happen with uh, Le'Veon Bell, so. I don't. I don't but know. That's not like, the it's a different. Though, it's a man. different. Come on, come on yeah, no, it's <laughs> a different situation. But at yeah. the same time, you you over here acting like okay, that's the leader of the team. But come on, like the same thing happened with Bell, but in a different situation. He wanted his money, he, and he had to sit out for a whole year. But Russell yeah, Wilson is not doing the same. Hold on, Sean. I just let you. I let you talk. Go ahead. Uh, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Not, like like I, was, like I was saying, I was trying to leave it simple. But like I said. <laughs> You know, Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell had had you know he didn't get what he wanted, and and he had to sit out for a year. Russell Wilson is not doing the same. We we get that, but you know sometimes it takes it takes I guess a Russian roulette. They they, they want to see they that even though <clears throat> even though he he has played well and he has played good. They, they, I guess they want to make sure that he's still good. He, the man is thirty years old. We get it. Some thirty years old don't get to play, get, get the actual play the game good at the at a high level at that age. So maybe they just want to make sure, you know, make and they probably still going to try to work out a deal, but it ain't going to be no deal worked out at that point in time. Russian roulette or not? Hey, I, I totally agree that they should have got it done by now. It shouldn't have got to this point. It shouldn't have got to the last year of the contract and a, a deadline and all that. This should have been done, say, last year or the year after they got to the second Super Bowl because he's a proven guy. And unfortunately, we, we're we one of the teams that know how hard it is to find a quarterback. And they have a proven uh, prime quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, no doubt, great leader, proven winner, everything. So why would you why would you mess around like this? I have no idea. Maybe they are thinking about the age and getting a little bit older, but I think it's crazy to do this. I would have signed him already, but now you're in this situation. So now they might play it year by year because you're at the age where they're like, oh, maybe we could 
well, let's give it one more year. Let's give it one more year. Let's see how he does this year. He'll be 30 this year. Let's see. Let's see how he performs this year. Maybe he'll start to go down this year. I don't think so. But maybe that's thing. Exactly. Thank, thank you, Russ. Yeah. yeah, so um, I, I, I forgot I to say this in the beginning. Right. I, I, um, I forgot to say this in the beginning of the podcast. Uh, Matt Stafford's wife is undergoing uh, brain surgery. Uh, we want to wish we want to wish you, Matt Stafford, and your family all all well. Well wishes yeah, to y'all. We never we never want to see nothing too. happen to none of these NFL players yeah. or their families. So yeah. we just want to wish you wish you well. Um, forgot to say it in the beginning, but my apologies for that. But I wanted to blow that you know put that up in the air for y'all. But well wishes to y'all. Um, the AAF. Uh, basically, it's done. <laughs> um, these players couldn't get no states. They had to basically pay for their own flights, on buses, whatever, just to get back home. The only good thing is that um, the players is actually signing. You know, the NFL teams actually been signing these players, so I think it worked out for some of the players. Maybe not all, but some of them. But I think it's really messed up. So, how do y'all feel upon that? Uh, you know what, from the very beginning, I thought this would have been a good deal for the NFL to use this league as like a developmental league for their practice players to get more time on the field, some more gameplay, game action, I should say. So I, I think it's sad that it's not working out, not just for the players, but also for the league. I thought it would work out really well, and it's sad that it's not. I feel bad for these guys that quit their regular jobs to – you know, to uh, to try to catch their dream again and join in this league and, you know, changing everything, dropping everything and moving wherever they got to move to. It's it's sad, you know, because some of these guys, they're not, I should say some, all of them are not making millions of dollars like the NFL guys are. So, Correct. Uh, and they still not making millions in, no, the, no, in they, their deals. <laughs> they, they had to, yeah, they had to make sacrifices, man, to do this. So I feel bad for them. But, you know, hopefully some of them fall, you know, land on their feet on, on a team. Hopefully what, what they did in, in the AAF, AAF um, helped them get some jobs in, in the NFL. So I'm just hoping for that. You know? Correct. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Chris. I think, I think for me, um, definitely um, the questionable thing about this whole thing is uh, the, um, the CEO or controlling, um, controlling owner of, of the AAF, uh, Tom Dunan, uh, something like that, um, mm-hmm. that pledged the two on what was it like two hundred and fifty million? Apparently, apparently it wasn't that he spent two hundred and fifty million. The the agreement was he had to uh, um, implement uh, uh, the money incrementally over time. Uh, apparently, he had only spent about seventy million dollars into the AAF okay. uh, before it kind of folded. Uh, um, there's there's a connection here that makes it kind of uh, shady, is the fact that he he um, the MGM, the owners of all these casinos and online betting, uh, had a deal with the AAF where they were gonna um, have some kind of tech uh, uh, deal where they would be um, online betting and stuff going on. And apparently the reason why Dunan did all this was because he wanted to foster a relationship with with MGM. And and he kind of knew, basically, I, there was an article I read on, on uh, somewhere on the internet uh, that he basically knew that that if he pushed the NFLPA about the whole um, um, 
you know, third string players playing in the AAF and stuff like that, then the NFLPA wasn't wasn't really gonna go with that because other other organizations have tried to to do that before and they failed. And he knew that that was gonna that was gonna happen. And and when he tried to negotiate with the with the um, the NFLPA, it didn't work out the way he wanted. He kind of just pulled his support. You know, and with him, once he pulled his support, the company fell through. But but apparently, his whole deal was behind this whole online sport um, sport sports betting thing. Uh, that's what it looks like. Uh, it could be, you know, um, that's one man's opinion. Uh, I can't remember who the writer was for the article I was reading, but but it just feels kind of weird. You know, the the whole the whole setup the whole setup. You know, it wasn't like the, the, the league was doing badly. The television ratings weren't that bad. They were doing respectably, respect, uh, respectably. So it wasn't uh, wasn't that bad. I just uh, it just feels bad. It feels kind of shady. The whole thing, you know. And it, um, it looks actually it looks even worse that nobody like the, that final statement that they gave out yesterday or today. It it wasn't signed by anybody. It wasn't signed by by him. Or Airbusol yeah. uh, or anybody who was involved yeah, with it, there you which go. looked really bad. And we were saying before that what Davin said before that they had to pay their own way to go home, and God knows if any of these guys were hurt, all that, mm. all those medical bills are going to be piling up on them too. Yeah, so I, I certainly feel bad for these guys, and it's, like you said, yeah. something's really shady there. Yeah, yeah, never, never had no, 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 no medical benefits or none of that. You know, yeah. it's, they basically just risk their lives and. <laughs> and if they injured, then a boo, then they just saying boo hoo. Um, you know, my my thing is uh, that you know, like I said, um, some of these guys are are getting signed, and you know that was the that was the only good part out of it. Uh, they could at least let them play the playoffs because the playoffs was actually uh, I think it was this week, next week, something like that. But they just couldn't finish it. They too. We thought we thought the AAF was going to be gone in the first two first two weeks because they wasn't getting paid then. And then the Hurricanes, uh, the Hurricanes hockey owner had to come and you know invest seventy million. So he lost seventy million as well. Yeah, but who, that's who I was talking about. That yeah, when but I he said, did, yeah, yeah, but he, he didn't he basically... come into the he didn't come into like the after after that first or second week. If it wasn't for him in that first or second week, Charmin, like basically. All of that money, or like basically, the AAF would have been gone in the first two, first week, first two weeks. Right, but that, but my point, my point in the whole thing is that that yes, he's he he practically kind of saved uh, uh, the league because they were kind of falling apart. But you have to understand, spending seventy million dollars, right, and then like a few weeks later, pulling your support kind of looks shady. Looks like you had ulterior motives. He he came in like a a, a, a a knight in shining armor, but bas- basically he probably had, like I said, ulterior motives. He went into a situation knowing that he would have made that relationship with MGM, you know, basically making like that seventy million wouldn't be a joke because the kind of money he could make with MGM with on, online sports betting is is probably quadruple the amount of seventy million dollars. So it's not like he's it's like he's investing seventy million dollars for future earnings. So that that's the whole that was the whole the whole point of what I was saying, you know. Um, I I think in all reality, I don't I don't think they wasn't gonna have that many bets anyway as as like the NFL, NBA, 
hockey and baseball and all, and all reality. And it's just, it's just yeah, my opinion on the, that. Uh, so so it wasn't that worked out in that way anyway. Yeah, I don't think they got the fans into it as much as they thought they would. Yeah, you know, it was it, it wasn't bad to watch. I mean, yeah, something to watch right. until the OTAs. But you know, it it was just something to watch. You know, just for certain people, I guess people that miss actually miss football. You know, like I said, the only uh, reason why I would have liked it was if it was going to be a develop, developmental league for the league for the NFL, and right, you know, we could have seen some of the guys that were going to be on the practice squad to get some playing time. And, but you know. Yeah. Is what it is. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, yeah. So as we get into, uh, as we get into the Jets, uh, the Jets new uniforms finally came out. The Gotham green, the white and black. Uh, we got a black alternate jersey. We got the white. We got the white and green jersey, and we got the green and white and the home home jersey. Um, how how do y'all feel about the jersey? Uh, I, love, I I don't have an issue with with anything. Basically, for me, um, this is my team. You know, um, um, I my opinion of the of what the what the what the uniform looks like. I think I think like I think Sam Donald said correctly. The more wins you have, man, it it makes the the uniform will look better. Better, right? <laughs> because if, because because if the Jets all of a sudden take over the AFC East. And go to the go to the Super Bowl a few times back to back, man. Listen, you ain't nobody will be talking about no uniforms, you know. But 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 the conversation needs to be had. Fine, you know. Um, you know the logo is kind of iffy, you know. The logo on the helmet is kind of iffy for me. It looks kind of like a, a basic font that you could find anywhere. So um, you know. You know, I, I would. That's my opinion of it. But the colors are fine. I think. I think the green. I think it's something that stands out. It's different. You know, I like. I like the way the um the the design of the shoulders on 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 the uniforms. The the way the green pops out on the black and the and the green pops out on the white and the way you know the way the white pops out on the green. I like. I like that on the shoulders. I. I mean, it's it's nice. I like it. Yeah, I I love the jerseys. I thought they did a great job. Um... The, like you said, the logo on the helmet, I'm not 100% with it. I, I was hoping for something like the 80s Jets logo on, up there or something like that, you know. Um, but the helmet itself, the color, I love the color. Uh, the jerseys are great. I, as good as, as great as the black one looks, and I think it looks awesome, I just didn't think we needed a black one. You know, we didn't <laughs> need an alternative, jer- you know, but I get it. They want to sell more jerseys, and that's cool. And they're going to yeah. sell a lot of those because they look awesome. Oh but, yeah, yeah. But I'm just not, you know. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I'm not too big with these black jerseys. But the Eagles did it. You know, to me, black is the Raiders. You know. <laughs> but anyway, so that's. But the jerseys look cool, man. And I thought, you know what, the show itself, as cheesy as it was, as everybody was saying, you know what, they, it came out alright. You know, but you know what, if if another team does it, all the Jet fans that complained about it would say, oh man, I wish I could see our team doesn't do stuff like that. Why, why don't we do that? <laughs> And then when we do it, they complain that we did it. Oh, so, it's cheesy and right. oh my god! Yeah. Listen, That's listen, why. man, you gotta. Uh, just, you yeah, you, people find reasons to complain, man. Listen, you know oh, yeah. we love. Listen, I love Jets fans, man. You know I have a bunch of them around me at work. It's fine. I, I don't have an issue, you know, with you voicing your opinion. But there's like a little bit overboard with the with the with the crying and complaining yeah. for me. Me too. Um. 
Yeah, I think I think you know the jerseys, the jerseys is, is excellent. I definitely, I definitely love the white, um, the away jerseys, the white and green. Um, my my concern is is basically the fans, the fans, the fans is is bad, is bad, is bashing about something that they shouldn't even be worried about right now. The only thing we need to be worried about right now is the, is how Mac is going to handle the draft. Yeah, that's one. <laughs> Bring the and draft for two, how, uh, how for two? How is this team going to progress into the season? They so just the like fans are so used to bashing everything that you know you don't you you don't even give give it a chance before it even happens. So so you know because of the I guess the losing environment of us not being in the playoffs for a whole decade they just used to bash and bash and bash <laughs> so they just feel like bashing is the is the best way possible like to they have it. like they have PTSD they're suffering from PTSD from losing for so long <laughs> they they suffer crazy from a, they suffer from a lot of a lot of things you know from losing and and I get it we we all want a winning culture but but don't you think that's that's more important than these jerseys you know that's why I that's why I respect Darnold doing what he said. If you if you win the games, you don't we don't care about the jersey. I bet y'all start wearing them then. Like basically <laughs> y'all basically we get we get the fifty years not winning. We get we we need to be back into a winning environment, and it's gonna happen. But in order for it to happen, we need we need a good draft. We need a good free agency, and we need a successful draft. So so don't so. So what if Matt doesn't have a good drive? Then, then what y'all gonna say? Oh, I knew it! I knew it! <laughs> can't can't wait to they can't wait to bash it out. Like y'all ain't even talking about the draft. Y'all not talking about the most important things. Some jerseys really was really that important for y'all to really bash on. If they suck or if they don't suck, what that's gonna stop you from being the fan? Because if so, then then be it. But that's not gonna stop the actual fans that you know that in that know why they they became a fan in the first place jerseys didn't make us fans it was the it was the players it was exactly. the players and the way how they played that's what made us fans of this team yep agreed exactly let's we'll see some results <laughs> exactly so as we get into uh the draft which is less than three weeks away which is very exciting um we can. I think we can put more of an, uh, an opinion because at first we was gonna, we was gonna, we was gonna do a one by one, but um, but without, with you know, with us talking and our great ideas, um, basically we're gonna talk about our our three players today, uh, which is Bosa, Williams, and Allen, and who and which which player fits the fits fits Williams scheme the best, and which one we think. Is going to be um, basically is going to be able. It's going to be a great fit for this team. So um, as I give it to y'all too, real quick before I say my opinion, um, which which player y'all think is is the best one out of all of them? On talent, on talent wise, man. Basically, in my opinion, uh, Quinnen Williams is the is the man. On who's going to fit the team best? It's gonna be Josh Allen because Josh Allen's basically like this. If you have to, if you have to put the two players, they play different positions. But if you put them together and you try to rate their talent or their ceilings or their floors, um, you for me, um, Quinlan Williams, uh, Quinlan Williams, has a is is more is probably gonna be a NFL's uh, a beast in the NFL. For sure, 
you know um um he's 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 um so much more seasoned as a pass rusher and a disruptor of the of the um line of scrimmage um um i think now and especially technically to me Josh Allen's athleticism is off this off the charts and you know and he is disruptive because of his athleticism but his technique needs work especially in the in the run game he kind of all he's he kind of sometimes uh he kind of gets himself caught uh angled away from the play where his back is probably turned to the 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 area where the running back is cut into you know because of the the way he he kind of uh came off the you know came off the ball so he you know he has work to do but the thing about him is that he's also he could also drop into coverage you know and being mm. being being that Williams is such a dynamic defensive coach where he needs guys that are three dimensional that could do their jobs not only like if you were outside linebacker not only could you pass rush you could only you could stop the run and you could drop into coverage because sometimes you know you need a you know you know you need a guy you know a, a, an edge rusher to kind of uh uh cover back for a second or or or, or derail a route by a <laughs> slot receiver or something exactly. you know so so he so he could do all that you know and and the my my thing is i i was talking to chris about this i think it was this week or the week before the the differences between Quinn Williamson and and at to me is that is this you you're betting on on Josh Allen hitting his ceiling, which is probably if he does he's actually going to be probably one of the best pass rushers in the league really quickly, you know he's going to be a, a a kind of a um, a Von Miller type guy if he could hit his ceiling because the difference with this guy is like two hundred and sixty something pounds, and he's playing at that speed. An explosive explosiveness like he weighs like Brian Burns in in um um in this draft or another edge rusher, which is way smaller, almost thirty pounds smaller than he is, and he's rushing the passer almost as fast as he is, and and so agile, so agile, and for me, Quinnen Williams is like the powerful, disruptive force that he is, but that's all he all he is a nose tackle, and we have one. I mean, he's not only a nose tackle. He could play the three, he could play the five. But um, but for me, as a more dynamic talent, Josh Allen would fit um, um, the defense better than Quinnen Williams. So if so, you would be betting on him hitting his ceiling and becoming this all-world pass rusher and an NFL um, outside linebacker, just like Von Miller would. If you're picking him that high. That's what you're betting on. Quinnen Williams, for sure, in my opinion, is going to be one of the best defensive tackles in the league. Once he sets his foot in the NFL, is going to be. My question is, Josh Allen could not, like, there's a chance. There's a bigger chance that Josh Allen fails to hit his ceiling than Quinnen Williams does. Mm. Hmm. I, I agree exactly what you're saying, and that's why. Oh, well, let me ask you this. What? Uh, rank your guys like if if the third pick comes up and all three of those guys are available, who are you picking? You're picking, you're picking Between, In my, in my, in my opinion, yeah. If if I had the if I had the power and if I had the power to do it, yes. Allen and the way the choice. team, the way yeah, Allen would be my first choice. Quinnen would be my second, and Bosa would be my third. Okay. All right. So, 
saying what you said, exactly why I would go with Bozer as my number one choice. If they're all available at number three, right. I would go with Bozer as my first because he looks like the slam dunk, no doubt about it, pass rusher, speed rusher off the edge, classic guy off the edge, boom. So I would go with him because that's something we've been lacking for a long, long time. Even people say Wilkerson, but he had that one year and – that was probably more because of his tackles than for him, but, cool. mm-hmm. <laughs> but let's not get into that. So, yeah. so we've been missing a guy for a long time. So that's yes. why I would go with Boza, and then I would go with Williams as my second choice because they always say to build your defense and your offensive lines from the inside from out. From the inside out? Oh, right? yeah, you're so the man for that. Yep. So that's why I'd always go right. with Williams as my second choice. And then Allen, and I'm not, disres- you know, I'm not putting the guy down at all because if he lands – if the other guys go before him and we could get Allen, hey, I'm not going to complain either. Right. So to say, you know, Allen's my third choice, hey, but we, we can't go wrong if we stay at three. But, you know, I'm no, crossing sir. my fingers. Yeah, I'm crossing my fingers we can move down and get some extra picks. Agreed. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I think I'm at the. Uh, I'm. I'm at the point where uh, all three. All three of these guys got talent, re- regardless. Um, all three of these guys have talent, but you know, in they different ways. And I. I feel. I feel Josh Allen to me is is will fit. Will fit Greg Williams' scheme. Um, Greg Allen. I meant Josh Allen. Sorry, Josh Allen is my my number one choice. Uh, by watching by watching a little bit of film, I haven't watched too much, but I have watched. You know, certain film and Josh Allen would be uh, a number one. Um, you know, uh, the fit, the fit, the basically with with uh, Anthony Barr. Since I don't want to talk about it, but I'm just going to go <laughs> quick, quick with it. Um, Anthony Barr was supposed to. They, Greg Williams was going to use Anthony Barr as uh, basically as the pass rusher. Um, and I felt that like that's the, that's what we're missing out on as a pass rusher. You know, um, as an edge. Um, Basically, so I think Josh Allen can fit can fit that scheme. Um, to what to what level? I I I I have no idea. Uh, we already have a couple of nose tackles. Uh, we have a couple of nose tackles already. But um, but but if Josh Allen was taken, yes, I would go with Quentin Williams without a without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, just like I said, what what you, what you just said, Chris, uh, that we didn't that you didn't want to go to, but I think I'll go to a little bit. With, well, Mr. Muhammad Wilkinson, um, the only reason why he had it was because he had some great nose tackles, which was Snacks and uh, Sheldon Richardson. Um, and you know you can't double team everybody, you know. Right. Um, and I feel like Williams would be that guy that would be that guy that would be, you know, I think that would let well. You know, Leonard Williams won't have to get the double teams no more, and maybe Leonard Williams can have the best season of his career. You know, he's and I still want pretty Leonard, young. Yep. Yeah, and I want mm-hmm. Leonard Williams to do good. You know, I don't, I don't wish nothing on him, but I think his, I think what, what's wrong with Leonard Williams is that that he's not he, he that he's not showing his best technique, and you know, and I think you know with tie bowls and everything, I just don't, I just don't think. That that scheme wasn't it wasn't gonna work out. I, I totally yeah I totally agree with you, man. Since you said the scheme thing, I I'm, I just wanted to put this out here out there a little bit. Um, I've said it a couple more times before. The difference in Bowles is his, especially the way he plays his front, the front of his defense is that he he lets his defensive tackles eat the blocks. 
basically the five tech, the three tech, and the and the and the four tech. Of the, all, all those guys playing the th- the three down linemen are gonna eat a block. So they're gonna at every at most points, block, um, rushing the pass or all um or stopping the run. They're gonna have to engage two linemen at a, at a time. In Greg right. William in Greg Williams scheme, there's no two linemen engaging. It's not that there's no there's less two linemen engaging. Most times, it's gonna be that as a defensive tackle, you're gonna be either penetrating to try to get upfield, which is you're going to have one gap and you're going to be taking that gap. If you're a, if the C gap is your gap, that's where you're going. You're not going to try to cross face and eat up two blocks for mo- for the most point. For the most part, it's going to be you against the guard or you against the tackle. That's what it's going to be. That's going to give Leonard Williams more freedom to use his athleticism to get to the quarterback, it's gonna make you could you're gonna see his talent more, I think, because he basically became a star in a in a defense where he was there was more penetration allowed. So uh, I think Leonard Williams will star, will become a better player, or you'll see his stats rise because of uh, Greg Williams' system. And also one one last thing about Greg Williams' system: um, three the three four is not set. So basically, it could be three four one week. It could be a four three the next week. Yeah, um, it's also it could be three four. Yeah, it could be three four and four three. Right, right, like play after play. And that's yeah. why. And that's why just because they, you know, resigned Henry Anderson, that that doesn't mean nothing. Be, that doesn't has nothing to do with the scheme. Yes, it does something to do with the scheme in the three four. But at the same time, Greg Williams runs different different formations, which is ridiculous. Go. Yep. So, um, so that, uh, so I feel like Josh Allen could 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 fit fit that fit that yep. a lot a lot better than um than Quentin Williams. Quentin Williams, without a doubt, is number one talent. Number one talent. Um, Bosa, without a doubt, is number one talent as well. Um, but at the same time, you, we want we basically we want the guy that can fit this scheme perfectly so we can so we can be able to have a good defense. We still have a lot of holes other than other than you know than than the edge. We have, we have a lot we have a lot of holes to fill. We got the cornerbacks to fill. So but if I have the choice, yes and, and center as well. But um but but you know but these three guys are, are basically just we just going to you know talk about the defense defense wise um so basically i i will say josh josh allen number 1 that can basically fit the just perfectly um williams number 2 and number 3 is is bosa and i don't have nothing against bosa cuz bosa bosa is explosive and, and could yeah. be for, yeah. you know without a shadow of a doubt but at the same time after looking at certain film about josh allen um I, I can see why. I can see why. I can see why he can fit. He can fit that scheme perfectly. Um, you know, Mashay, uh, Mashay Kuyper, and even Chad Pendleton got uh, Josh Allen picked the uh, pick pick for us. Basically, they got Josh Allen as the pick. But yeah. anything is possible sure. to change. Yeah, anything is possible to change. Right, and I agree with that because basically, guys, at the end of the day, um, um, this is just our opinion. Um, this is what we think. Or we would like to happen, um, they, um, but the draft is very unpredictable, especially when you're talking about the kind of talents we're talking about. We haven't had this much talent packed in the first ten picks or first five picks 
in a very long time. That were not right. cube, that were not quarterbacks. That mm-hmm. were not quarterbacks. So and um the um the level of time is very high. A lot of there's gonna be a lot of moving and shaking going on in, in the NFL draft, in my opinion. This is gonna be a really an interesting draft day, uh, especially the first day. So um so so we might we might have our choice to probably move back. Or we might, you know, it's gonna be something, man. There's gonna be a lot of things going on. So, you know, um, you know, we're still we're still I think we're still gonna get the pick. Uh, pick to pick between those three guys. I think. I think uh, from what I'm hearing, especially uh, uh, earlier this week, uh, from listening from um, 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 Bleacher Report, um, the 49ers have not have only indicated that Joey Bosa, um, Nick Bosa, is their man, and they're not moving off of him. That's who they're gonna pick, and that's it. Well, well, if it's true, then. Uh... Basically, basically, just like uh, we talked about the other day, is that basically the draft, the draft won't really start until the Jets and Raiders yeah, basically make their pick. So, um, as I, I forgot we have to talk about this, but uh, um, a seventh uh, veteran referee has retired, and that's seven out of uh, what you said, Chris, 17? seventeen. Yeah, seven. Correct. 17. Um, what what concern does that make towards towards the NFL referees? I think it's a huge concern because we seen last year that with the new rules and you had a lot of, and you had 16 reps last year. So now you had another one. Now you got seven. The the NFL's got to be looking at this and saying, okay, why, why are these guys quitting? I know they, I know the refs have a a real job other than being a referee. So obviously it's got to have something to do with money. So maybe they got to think about Mm. giving them a little not a little bit, maybe a lot more money. I mean, the NFL is worth billions mm. anyway, so I'm sure they could, you know, afford to pay these guys a little bit more money than what they are to, to you know, keep them here longer than a few years. Because a lot of these guys that are retiring aren't exactly old guys, you know. And mm. you've seen, you know, referees in the past retire because they were old, not because you know they're they're not that old yet. So, um, yeah, I think it's a major problem, and we've seen it last year. How many missed calls or? Yeah. Calls and then, of course, the major yeah. call that caused the whole, you know, rule change now with the best of mm. which, you know, yeah, I'm over against. But, um, yeah. So, obviously, it's, it's a problem. And I think the NFL mm. definitely has to look into it. Maybe maybe yeah. they'll hire a referee from the AAF. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> good hey, good one, so, Davin. So. Um, listen, man, at the end of the day, um, like Chris said, stated, I think. I think that's a very uh, um, that's a very important part of the game. Um, um, the NFL says that they get about between ninety five to ninety seven percent of their calls right. It's the it's the um, it's the rest of the it's it's, it's uh, I mean as a fan I mean guys what do you think you think the jet you think the um, NFL actually gets about ninety seven percent of their calls right? I I will say ninety. I, right. I would say I would say ninety to be accurate, you know, especially when it's playoff time because really, really, you know, when we when when we us fans and NFL fans get to watch the game, we'll say, Oh, look at that missed call. We could hmm. probably we probably we'll probably see five or ten missed calls that, that they haven't saw or haven't, you know, or haven't really called. And and that's a you know and that plays a, and that could play a major part. We don't have our veteran referees no more, so that 
you know, we done see, we done saw it. We done saw it last season play a part, and it might, and if they don't get it together, then it might, it might be lower than ninety percent. Might go to eighty five, and then that's really going to be horrible. <laughs> yeah, because because from it, it, listen, anytime you introduce an influx of younger people uh, uh, into some into a into a, a, you know into a job officiating pro football, which is like you know you have to you have to be trained well. I think they need to um, kind of look at the way they train, uh, not only the way they train their, their officials, but also I think they also have to um, look into the way they introduce um, um, rules into the game. I think, I think the, the, the way they keep introducing all these uh, rules in the game is kind of hindering the learning curve, kind of um, uh, making it a little harder for especially uh, newer referees to do their job. So um, they, 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 basically the whole situation needs to be needs a change um, um, because football is not the same anymore. We all know that. Um, um, so so it should be there should be more focus on other on, on the focus need to be changed from whatever it used to be to now, because I think football has changed. I think the focus needs to be changed. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of it's a lot of things that's going on, uh, especially like what we just said with uh, the new rules and things. I'm I'm just hoping they get it right this season because you know last season uh, it was it was kind of crazy. Um, yep. is there any is there any other uh topics that we that we have missed or is there any other what about possibly resigning one of your favorite cornerbacks? Oh yeah. Oh, so you see, I tried. I tried to lead. I tried to lead the podcast. No, we can't. I'm talking go. about Clay Claiborne. We want to get your opinion oh, on man. this. Yeah, yeah, we need your opinion on this one. Oh, Jesus, on this uh, Morris Claiborne. Um, Morris Claiborne. Uh, the 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 defensive back market is is very low. Like even even for Claiborne, for me, it's that's that's low as it's going to get. Um. I I wouldn't I wouldn't resign Claiborne, but at the at the at the things at the things that that's going to, uh day Jesus Christ Clay Claiborne why do I have to talk about you for I I don't want to even talk so I only want to think about it I was happy with that they said they wasn't going to resign you but <laughs> but right now we looking at we probably might have to um I heard you had to, I heard uh he had an offer from Tampa Bay but he uh, walked out. And didn't sign. I think Todd Bowles is big on the guy, regardless. I don't think Mac was big on him. Um, if if I would say, I would say he might not sign back. But if he signed back, I will root for you. But it's still some things that you need to uh, change. Um, Jets fans, I don't know. Certain Jets fans loved him. I don't. I don't understand how this guy was getting burnt every freaking time. You, you, the opposing receivers was like, oh yeah, you're gonna get a hundred yards and at least two touchdowns against them. This, this do what you got to do, you know. Yeah. And and it kind of sucks, but that's just that, that's just my opinion. I wouldn't resign you, but on, on the on the things of you know having to use rookie wide receivers and the uh, the cornerback market is not really high. Um, I guess we don't have a we don't have no other choice. <laughs> Yeah, the talent, the talent, the talent is kind of uh, uh, rough out there, man. There's not really uh, um, anyone really talented, unless unless somehow the Jets could finagle a trade of some sort uh, during the during the NFL draft. I don't know where, you know, probably pull some one out of a hat the way they did with Osimile. I don't know. Um, 
uh, you know, if they can't and if they don't foresee that, I would prefer that they, they get, you know, they get somebody from the draft, you know, uh, uh, somebody talented enough to, um, that has the traits that could play with, play in the system that, uh, Williams is, is, is going to introduce. So, um, so, you know, um, uh, he's, uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of, of, of Claiborne. I think, I think his technique needs work, you know, but he's still a pro football cornerback and, and he, um, he he is definitely better than than uh, uh, you know any cornerback you can find off the street. Doesn't mean that that doesn't mean he's pretty good. Mm. I'm 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 all for resigning him. You know, as long as it's not for a, no, goodness, more than a year or a very you know it's got to be for a low amount and more than a year, obviously. You know, just like no. the they did last year, only a one year deal. You know, I mean because no, right now we, we hey we are thin at cornerback. And, yeah, 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 and you know we can only pick, we can only draft so many guys, so yeah, true. We'll get one, um, so uh, I don't see just, a problem bringing him back. You know, as long as it's yeah, not- just just you just saying that you going all in just made me throw up in my mouth. Oh. I, I'm not all in, but you know what? Hey, if they could get him at a low rate and a one year deal. Why not? Because you know I don't even see it being at a low rate. Because what was his deals for the last yeah, two he's years? He's a senior. He's a, se- know, he's a senior he member had, of the NFL, five, man. Five, at least five or more mil. What? Well, what's the base con? What's the base, Chris? What's the base contract for a corner now? What is it, about seven mil, eight mil? Is it? Maybe, is it that low or higher? I yeah, for, for a starter. starter. But I don't know about for a starter. I think for a starter. higher, right? Yeah, yeah that's what I was thinking. Higher. Probably about ten, twelve. Bingo. Yeah, you're not exactly yeah I think that's the number. Be, yeah. You're not exactly bringing him in to be, you know, your automatic starter either. Well, so, uh, if you're signing, uh, if you're uh, signing, if you're signing him, him, he got to be a starter. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Obviously, he's, he, not, he's getting... not coming in. Chris, he's not coming in to be like, yeah, um, I was a starter for the Cowboys and the Jets, and now and I'm, now I'm going to be a backup. No. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, no. But he's obviously not getting a lot of offers, so – I I personally don't think. I mean, he's not getting a lot of offers, Chris, but he's still going to want to be a starter. Maybe be, that's what the problem is. He wants to be a starter, and they saying no. But the Jets yeah. don't have no other choice because we only right. got one starter, right. and that's Tremaine Johnson. Yeah, I, I agree. And so and, and they, they and, and signing Dara Roberts is not the answer, guys. No, he's definitely, and neither is Paul. <laughs> hey, and, hey I'm about right. to say this now, Sharman. So, uh, if Daryl Roberts is the starting he has a decent season, man, you're going to have to apologize to this man. <laughs> hey, listen, you know, you did some apologizing last year. I could do, too. You know, no problem. <laughs> I didn't hey, apologize. Well, you... I, I said I, I didn't do no apology yet. I, hey, I said my man was decent. <laughs> I said I apologize when that man takes it to the playoffs and I see the oh, stats. Okay. I, I, I gave him credit. <laughs> I gave him credit. Cornerback money, the top mm. ten. Okay, the top one is Darius Slay for the Lions. He's getting fifteen point nine. That's yeah, this is a beast. That's that is a different. That's a different. Yeah, that's level. a different scenario. Right, the tenth highest is Tremaine Johnson, our guy, at twelve. Oh my god. Nice. So, All right, so who's the, so who's the, so who's number three to number five, Chris? Number three is AJ Bowie, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. He's better than Jacksonville. Yep. The Giants, he's at fourteen seven, and Josh Norman. 
the Janoris Jenkins. Janoris Jenkins, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Josh Rabbit. Norman, 14-5 for the Skins. Uh, Desmond Chaffon for the Falcons, 13-9. Yep. You know, think of it this way. Patrick Peterson, he's one of the best, right? He's a yep. 12, 12 highest paid corner right now. Oof. See, That's see, he almost crazy. got traded. But speaking of Pat Peterson, he almost he he wanted to get yeah, there traded. Were, there were rumors. Yeah, I think yeah. He, yeah, there was something that said that he went up in the office and said, yeah. "I want to be traded." Yeah, something like that. And they tried to talk to him. They tried to talk to him about they uh they plans and everything. And then he said, "Day." He kind of reneged on the on the trade and said, "I don't even want to be traded no more," which I thought was very interesting. You know, like I, if Pat Peterson was in the market, I I I would have, I would rather have him over uh, Mr. Claiborne. Oh I'm, hell yeah, I'm, yeah, but that's gonna cost you a nice dress, uh, you know. Yeah, but that's dress. gonna cost you a lot though. It's yeah. one of the best corners in the league. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I, and what uh, about hey? What about that other guy, Duke Johnson? We were talking about him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The Definitely. Jets, yeah, the, 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 yeah. I, yeah, you can tell I'm not on top of my game. Um, the Jets are interested in Duke Johnson. Um, what deal What deal would that be for Duke Johnson? Well, I, 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 I Go I, ahead, Chris. Yeah, I was going to say quick. I, you know, Jordan Howard was just traded to the Eagles for a sixth or a fifth-round pick. So Yeah. And I think Howard's mm-hmm. a better running back than Duke Johnson, so it can't be more than a sixth-round pick. I think mm. I think I think uh, uh, along the lines of what you just said, um, I think Duke, Duke Johnson is is he to me he's 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 Bilal Powell, like he's a little right. better. He's a really good receiver of the football, a third down back. Uh, he, actually, he's very fast. Um, um, I think I think I think he I think he could run the ball between the between the tackles too. He's pretty good. Um, um, I definitely would if the Jets could pick him up. Definitely, he would definitely complement Le'Veon Bell really well. I, I would definitely go for right. him. And yeah, I, and I think I'm with it too. Either. You know, his contract's uh, uh, 1.8 with a cap hit of 4 million, and in the next two years, 3.6, 4.6. Yeah, because bad. people have to, people like don't think that don't think the kid is not talented, man. But you you have to just watch the players that are in front of him. Uh, right, right. Uh, uh, um, um, you know, Hunt and and, and uh, um, what's his name? What's the other one? Nick Chubb. Chubb. Uh, I mean, Chubb. Chubb was my guy in college, man. Before, I mean, if this kid didn't break his leg so badly, I think he would be. He'd be one of the. You know, I, he's one of the best running backs in the NFL now. Imagine if he didn't have that injury. You know, um, I, I still, I, I, I love the guy. So, so Duke Johnson to me, you know, would be a really good fit in the NFL, um, in the Jets for the Jets. Yeah, um, he's not bad, and he's still young. Yeah. You know, he's good insurance to have. That's for sure. Definitely. But, what, yeah. what can you get for him? I mean, are you gonna are you gonna offer him? I'll 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 trade the seventh I'll trade the seventh round for next year. Seven I mean, or six, I would. Um, yeah, would you, hey, but would but do... for next year, not this year, because we need all our picks this year. Right now, would you do this? Would you do Lee for a Duke Johnson? Straight up. Yeah. Ah, uh, that, that's probably, a great probably, question, man. Probably not. That's a great question. My my you my know, issue my issue the reason why I think and I haven't really commented on that and I think we should have made a topic off of that whole Lee thing getting traded or whatever. Um, we have we have to remember that we have two middle linebackers basically. Avery Williamson and and C.J. Mosley are middle linebackers. We don't have a wheel linebacker. We don't have somebody that plays outside that could cover outside. 
and um, and Lee is still the best uh, cover. Not, I mean, not best because I think Mosley is a better cover linebacker than he is. But but he's the he he could play well for the for in the system, even if he doesn't have as much snaps as he would have last year as a starter. You know, I think I think he still kind of fits the system. You know, so I don't think I don't think they need to move him per se. I think yeah. I think they could still use him within the system. I mean, you know, with Lee being the uh, first overall pick, Lord Jesus. Um, if you're gonna trade, if you're gonna do Duke Johnson, I, I need, I need, I need a, at least the fourth or or or, or the fifth this year. You know, I want Mac to get more picks, so it's like I don't know. Like, why am I Duke Johnson? That's that's why you are a resident GM, man. You're trying trying to get the best deal for the Jets. What about Lee in a sixth rounder? Lee in the mm. sixth rounder? Four no. No, I, mean, I know Johnson and a sixth rounder for Lee. For, for Lee, yeah. Johnson and the fourth. I, 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 I want, yeah, I want a fourth. I want at least a fourth because it's right. still like, it's like my thing is, Chris, is that you know, when you hit the sixth round, yeah, yes, you it's a it's a I'm gonna say a 20 to 10 percent chance, the bare minimum, that they're gonna become either a starter or a star. You know, fourth round, oh, you could probably get away to. with something. Yeah, you could. Fourth round, you can do, fourth round, you can still get talent with the with yep. the way no, out, with the. Yeah, I'm just saying with the with the with the with so much so much talent in this. Uh, I'm gonna say in this in this year of of the draft, you could probably get something for fourth round. So if I could get a fourth round to add Duke Johnson for Darren Lee, which is which was first round, I I'm t- I I'll, I'll I'll do it. You know, but if not, if I can't get that, then, 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 yeah, yeah, Mr. Lee can stay, stay put until he does something crazy and then he got to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, too, what, what's going against us with Lee is that Lee does have that suspension from last season. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, what yeah. I mean? he's going to have that over him because now if he gets, I'm not saying he will get suspended, but if he does at any point, he gets an eight game suspension next time, right? Because it was four the last, mm-hmm. first time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Second. So that's I think I think yeah I think that's what's making it difficult. So yeah. um, so I think right. when I think I think what's gonna happen is this um in all in all reality um because when's the uh the trade deadline like week eight something like that um so if Lee if Lee comes back and the um and Lee does actually decent maybe 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 we can still maybe they'll still trade him but. But if he does good enough, I wouldn't see why I, I wouldn't want to trade him. But um, it's going. But Lee's going to have to earn. Lee's going to have to earn all them stars and stripes back. You know. Oh, definitely. There's nothing going to be easy. Easy for Lee. Um, Lee did it to himself. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he, he did it to himself. So um, I mean, what's going to help him is he's got a new. You know, he's got a whole new coach. You know, to impress. Yes. So yeah, and and, and that's going to be difficult, play. exactly. So so how so how you know how well will he fit in in that in that system? Because apparently, it's be different, different. yeah, Davin Davin. Uh, apparently, um, Greg Williams coveted Lee coming out of college. Uh, um, uh, apparently, I read that somewhere that that he really liked him coming out of college, and he would he would he wanted to implement him in his offense. In his defense at the time, I can't. Uh, where was Lee? What? Where was Williams at that time? I mm, can't remember exactly where he was at the time. Uh, yes, I think so. Uh, um, 
Yeah. Um. So 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 he might be able to fit. Like like I've said before, the the system calls for a lot of athletic players, a lot of players with speed uh, that could cover a lot of space because you'll be able to you know um um kind of uh, exchange zones and exchange gaps in the front and and a lot of disguises and a lot of blitzing. So um so Lee's that guy. He could do that, man. He has the talent to play in a system like this. You know, as you know, as, like I said, mm. if, if he, he doesn't have to be the one having to go up into the line of scrimmage and take on guards and tackles, you know, if he doesn't have to do that, he could play in the system, basically. Yeah. Uh, so, so what? So, so last question. This was this wasn't this wasn't off. This is an off topic question, but this is a jet. This is a jet concerning question. Um, what 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 what's the different? All right. What's the difference between Bowles, Casey Rogers, they defensive system that has failed that that makes it different from Greg Williams that that could succeed with this defense? Like what 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 makes Greg how could Greg Williams succeed with this defense that something that Todd Bowles couldn't do with this defense? I think Williams is more aggressive. So we're gonna see probably more blitzing, no? I, I think I think Bowles was aggressive himself too. I think I think the issue the issue has been more than anything is the kind of talent that we've been able to amass. Um, um, I think I think like you stated earlier, I think the fact that we haven't really had a premier edge rusher and a Jets uniform since John Abraham Abraham is kind of ridiculous. And when you implement an offense, man, there's certain things you need straight up. You need pass rusher, you know. You need runs. You need you need run stoppers. You need linebackers that can cover and ex, and and ex, uh, corners that corners that are aggressive, you know. And and we didn't. We never had all of them. We never had all of them together. And if you mix that up with the play calling and stuff, which I think, which I think for some reason or for some unearthly reason um uh um Todd Bowles was kind of uh streaky with there was times that you could you could see that same coach that you saw in Arizona and sometimes he just disappeared it wasn't the same I think I think that Mm -hmm. had a lot to do with uh Casey Rogers I think Casey Rogers is a different kind of coach uh uh and with him running the defense I think the the, his personality, you could see that kind of tampered uh, kind of with the energy of the defense. When Bowles called the defense, you could see the defense would kind of raise up, you know. And I think, and I think, I think the aggressiveness of Williams is true, but the changing of the scheme is going to make, or in my opinion, is going to make a total difference. I think, I think with the talent we have, uh, instead of having guys, like I said before, constantly. You know, eating up blocks and and just having them just looking for penetration, it's definitely it's definitely going to change the way the defense plays. It's going to have, it's going to basically um make the it's going to just make it a little bit more explosive, a little bit more you know aggressive, and and I think that's what I'm looking forward to. Mm, I mean, my my you know I I agree, but uh my my thing is uh I know I I think I it was a couple of uh you know the Browns fans oh lord um they was they was over here saying oh well it's a couple of Jets fans also complained about it oh how can Greg Williams 
Oh, how could Greg Williams get the Jets defense together? And they was number twenty something, I think, in defense. But I'm I'm thinking, you know, Greg wasn't Greg Williams the coach, um, the interim coach for the rest of the season. Again, what? Last yeah. Year? Yeah, yeah, last, last season the when, uh, when, yeah, yeah, when for he, a little bit, yes, he was. Yeah, but the yes, he was. After, so, so, was so how can Greg Williams? Yeah, how, Ki- Kitchens. How, it was what? Williams for a while. It, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> it was just Williams. It was it Kit? No, it was Kitchens. It was Freddie. No, it, it was Williams. It was Williams. It was Williams. Kitchens took over the offense. And kitchens oh, took right, over yeah, the yeah. offense. Right, yeah, right, 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 yeah, right. Greg you're right, you're right. You're right. Yeah, that's but, I, you're right. but but they you're right. but, but they like how Greg Williams could do that. I'm like, if you're a head coach, like, yes, yes, you have to concern yourself with both of them, but that's what you have a you know, a defensive coordinator for. You know, and um and, and with Williams going back to his defensive, you know, where he where he belongs. I think it'll work out. And I think with Todd Bowles going back to his defensive coordinator days, it might that's where you know, that's where that's where it works out. You have the head coach, you know, that 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 knows what it takes to be a head coach, and then you have decent defensive coordinators and offensive coordinators that know what they're doing. You right. know, we talk about mm-hmm. Sean, you know, we talk about McVeigh, offense great, great minded offensive guy, but he knows what it takes to be a head coach. You got right. um you got great defensive coordinators. Uh, Vex Ryan, um he was he was decent, but he's more of a defensive coordinator than a, than a head coach. Yeah, um, that's that's a great point, man. Um, that's a great point, Davin. Uh, um, there's there's definitely a difference between a coach that's a head coach caliber guy and there's a, a coach that's just a a, a coordinator guy. And, exactly. and and for me, with the whole um, Williams thing with the Browns, I know how talented the Browns is, uh, but you have to remember, man, as a coach, you need your kind of guys. Exactly. I don't think I don't think the Browns ever had his kind of guys. I think I think there was certain pieces that he had, like you know, probably one of the best pass rushers in the league. You know, uh, um, you know, some, um, especially the defensive line up front, they were pretty good. And, um, but but I don't I think other than one linebacker, I think they're kind of suspect at linebacker. Um, um, mm-hmm. You know, um, they, they they're missing. They have, you know, they're missing guys here and there, you know. So so I don't think their safety was that good. Safety play was that good. So there's there's a lot of things that contribute to the reason why. Um, um, right. They yeah, was, the Browns they didn't play right, twenty play to the twenty level something in the league, yes. but you know, but you know, the, just like you just said, but that's that's what I wanted to uh to just bring up. You know, you got head coaches that's that's actually head coach calibers, and then you got coordinators that's actually good good coordinators, best coordinators at at the fact of that. You know, and and when you try to move up from a coordinator to a head coaching job, sometimes it's hard. You know, it's hard for some of them. You know, I'm not talking about Peterson from uh from the Eagles. You know, um, great great head coach. Um, yep. And I'm not talking about Sean Payton. Sean Payton already had that that mindset. You know, you have certain coordinators that's already got that head coach mentality, and then you have coordinators that just sticks to the coordination. You know, um, that that was just my that was my main that's that was just my you know my main concern of that's that's what's wrong with Bowles he he was never head coach man he wasn't mentality head coach ready. material yeah like, he was his, yep. his mentality wasn't head coach it was always a defensive coordinator mind 
right. you know, and, and now that we have Greg Williams, and I, and I don't think Casey Rogers, you know, no disrespect to him, you know, I, I don't think he, he had he had what it took, you know, and, and you know, when, when, now that we have Greg Williams, the difference will be the schemes, it will be the blitzes, the exotic blitzes, the aggressiveness, um, not taking, not taking shit from no one. Excuse my language, but not taking <laughs> shit from no one. Um, I just, I just feel that now that we have that, it's going to be, it's going to be a change. It's going to be a, a big change, even in the offense. It's going to be a major change. Adam, Adam Gaze, he, he's, he's definitely, he definitely got a head coach, and you know, he got that, he got that head coaching material, but he also is offensive coordinator minded. You know, and, and and before McVeigh, it was it was Adam Gaze. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, that's 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 all I wanted to say. That that was just my opinion on that. But um, as always, great podcast. Uh, make sure again, make sure y'all follow us on Twitter, Just Fans Podcast, and also um, search for the groups on Facebook, NY Just Fans. As always, until next week, fellas, and jet up, jet up, boy. jet up, guys. <laughs>